Who are your friends? Who do you speak to about love, life and everything else that entails? I'm Jen Saderholm and I'm 40-something. And this is my friend Kirsty Fitzpatrick. She's 20-something. Despite or maybe in fact of our 20-year age gap, we've come to seek each other out for advice and feedback. We're more connected than you'd think. And that is why we've started this podcast 2040, celebrating friendship across generations. This is 2040 Season 2 Podcast 1, Feedback. Hey, Kirsty, how are you? I'm good, Jen. How are you? Really good. So we're going to go way back in time over an incident that happened in my life that I have had a lot of thought about in recent times because of a lot of discussion around my methods of feedback. When I was about 15 or 16 in the latter stages of high school, as you do, I was besottedly in love with this boy. And we'd been together for a while and we'd broken up and he was over me, but I was so not over him. And along with other things that were happening, my he and my best friend and a whole lot of other people had been made prefect, school captain, and I hadn't had any of those roles or responsibilities. Anyway, they'd gone off on a school camp and I was talking with my best friend when she got back and I'd said to her, I just need to know that he doesn't love me anymore and then I'll be able to move on. And I remember I was in tears and all this because I was so in love with him. And she turned to me, she looked at me and she went, well, when we were at camp, I spoke with him about you and he's not in love with you anymore, he told me. Oh, no. It's interesting you respond like that because it took me a lot longer to get over the boy. That wasn't the moment where I fell out of love with him, even though I found out definitively that he was definitely not in love with me anymore. Yeah. But for years, I blamed my best friend for telling me in that fashion. I was so angry at her because despite the fact I had directly asked her the question, I need to know that he's not in love with me, and she had told me the truth and told me the truth resoundingly, I was upset. And I'm saying this with the benefit of hindsight because had she have asked me the same question, I would never have responded in that fashion. No, that's right. You kind of mould it over, don't you? I would have done. I would have said something like, he's moved on, but you are so fantastic. And look at how this guy's looking at you. Even if I knew that information, I would never have put it so bluntly. That's right. And this is true of me to this day. And we talked in season one in podcasts about lies, things that we don't tell the truth about. And I've had feedback recently with regard to how I give feedback to other people because I absolutely couldn't. If someone came in and said to me, am I awful at what I'm doing? And in my head, I was thinking that they are awful at what they're doing. I would never say it to them like that. Yep. Anyway, funnily enough, that friendship has disintegrated and it disintegrated largely because of that blunt honesty. Mm-hmm. But I come back to the fact as an adult and looking back on this moment that I directly asked her a question and she answered it honestly. So in reality, if I put it pragmatically like that, she didn't do anything wrong. And also at that time, had she not answered you honestly and you later found that out, that could have caused separate problems in itself. Yeah, but I think the reality of the situation was I'm hardly likely to have found that out, that they'd had that conversation. So I still work with that it could have been sugar-coated. Mm. She could have used the hamburger analogy that we love so much of that the top bit's nice, the middle bit gives you that stuff to work on, the bottom bit's nice as well. Anyway, I wonder, 
now, I've looked back on the bosses and the people who've had the biggest impact of change in me. And the reality is the most severe change has come from those bosses who don't sugarcoat it Mm. and it hurts Mm. and I hate it. And I personally, whenever I get that feedback, I always in my head, I'm thinking I wouldn't do it that way myself. Oh, no, no, I have one boss in particular who I loved who was like me in the sugarcoating things and I wanted to be like her. So, therefore, she's an influence in a different way. Mm. But I am interested in how you give feedback to people. I know you're probably at that stage. We talked a little bit about how you're starting to become a mentor to other people as well. So how if you saw something that someone needed to improve, how you would approach that and how you receive it. Yeah, very, very different to the blunt response. So I think more similar to what you would appreciate in feedback is certainly how I would give it as well. And I think it's about not completely destroying somebody's confidence in something, particularly when they've come to you for advice or even not so much that. There was an instance at my work the other day where I'd I'd seen something that somebody else had done on an off chance, wasn't looking for anything, just came across it and realised that there was some factual error in what they'd done. And rather than leaving it, rather than going and speaking to my boss, I'll just go and let them know and just say, hey, it's actually this, not this, and approach it on a personal manner and explain it in a sense that I don't want you to get in trouble for doing this wrong, so I'm just going to let you know so that you've got the opportunity to rectify the error before it becomes an issue. And so I did that and I went over and I sat down and just had a chat and said, the only reason I, I wanted to say is because I just don't want you to get in trouble or you don't need to. It's it's really easy to make that mistake. This is how you can fix it. This is possibly how to avoid it in future. And it was fine. And as far as I'm aware, they took that on board and they changed it and there was no issues. And what was important for me about that is that nobody else in the environment, the work environment, had to be aware that we'd had that conversation. Mm. I sometimes think that people can be quite harsh in that they can yell across the room, oh, you've done the wrong thing, oh, you've done this, oh, why haven't you done that, which means everybody around hears, particularly when it's in a work situation, for example. So I'm very much a, right, somebody has wants advice or feedback, think about it, think about what you're going to say, think about how you're going to approach it and then do it, not just say whatever it is, kind of what's on the top of my mind, if that makes sense. Mm. And I think the reason I do that and I'm more conscious, I think, in the way that I give feedback is because that's how I like to receive it. I got some really blunt feedback yesterday and was actually quite taken aback because I didn't ask this person for it. They just happened to be there when I was doing something. And I suppose they had some sort of relevance to the situation, but I didn't really know them very well. And it was quite blunt the sort of things that they said to me, it really did take a hit to my confidence. And I sort of thought, oh God, like this person doesn't really even know me and they're saying these things and and that's not very good. And then I thought about it a little while after though and I went, it's probably better that they don't know me because they've just been able to say, look, don't do it this way, do it this way. There's no kind of fear of hurting somebody's feelings or damaging the friendship. But is there also some truth in that with that as your benchmark of how you kind of started a relationship, there's probably no basis of a friendship in the future? In this instance, no, I don't think so because this particular person... One, I don't see them very often, but if I was to, I can envisage them saying to me, hey, how did you end up going with that? Remember, that's what I see it as, more of a kind of, I've been doing this for a long time, I know a bit more about it, this is my advice, and then a follow-up, how did you end up going with that or how did that turn out? That's how I can see it going. Yeah, that's positive. I actually really like that interaction 
in itself of how did it go yep. rather than did you do what I told you to do because my way's the right way. Yeah, that's right. And as I said, I know I'm being a bit kind of sketchy in the circumstances in which this incident happened, but it's not how I would approach it. It was very blunt, very down the line. So yeah, it did take a bit of hit to the confidence and it's maybe not what I would do, but I, I still, part of me still appreciates it. Mm, well, I just got some feedback recently And this one's really interesting because I was going into an environment where I have a lot of experience to start with, right? Wherever you go somewhere that's effectively replacing something you know already, but it's still in a new environment, there's things that you have to pick up that are different. And I had a woman give me some feedback and I loved how she gave it to me. And I really think that this is a female skill. Because she said to me, when I started here, I had a woman who was really meticulous and she told me to do this, 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 this and this. And she said that you have to do, and she told me the reasons why I have all these things. Every single one of the six things she'd said to me were things that in this new environment, I wouldn't have thought of, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have known and were essential for me to do the job right the first time around. Right, good. She got to the end of this and it was not painted as a lesson to me but just as part of the natural conversation. Then she's like, and I was so grateful because then from then on, I absolutely knew the reasonings why I had to do this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I finished that conversation. I thought she's just told me what I need to do, but she's told me in such a warm and friendly way and it's not in any way, shape or form been like a do this, do that, et cetera. Yeah. And I went in there that first day and every one of those six things I had fresh on my mind thinking I must remember that I can't do it that way and I mustn't do this. Anyway, that's the feedback I've really responded to. And it wasn't actually until afterwards when I was not doing the things as she told me that I thought she's just educated me without making it feel like I'm in a lesson or that she knows better or whatever. That brings me to the people in our lives that give us the difficult feedback in a hard fashion. And I have been reflecting on my relationships with women because I grew up idolizing my father Hmm. and I had a male sibling only. So I wanted to be like dad. And because I wanted to be like dad, a lot of my young interests were literally correlating what he was into. So sports and whatever. Didn't do it consciously, but I always wanted to be one of the boys when I was younger. And then I went into radio and media and in all my early roles, on air, I was pretty much the only woman in a gang of boys. Yeah. And once they discovered that I liked the sports and loved the music and stuff like that, then we... You were welcomed. Well, I was. Yeah. And I finally heard later on someone else saying about being in the media and, oh, you know, I'm one of the boys. I fit right in. And I hadn't thought of myself like this. But one of the big manifestations of this is that a lot of the key women in my life in my early life, have been the ones that have given me the hardest feedback. Mm. And I've therefore actually found it easier in some ways to work with men. I'm more wary of the woman, not just in a friendship, but in a work situation who gives you feedback. And I think it's because, and I'm being really honest here, that because we are both women, I expect them to give me feedback like I would give that feedback, would give, yep. whereas I don't expect a man to do the same thing. Mm. It's really interesting because for me growing up, in fact, for me just at any stage in my life, it's been the feedback from the males that has always been harsher, I think, 
rather than from other women. Funny you talk about your dad. My dad's fantastic when he often gives feedback on things and it would usually be when I was worried about stuff. Dad's kind of advice was always just stop worrying about it. Why are you worrying about it? You don't need to. Take the monkeys off your back. Let it go. Can you do anything to fix it? No. Right. Stop worrying about it. And I would always sit there and think, but I'm already worried about it. Like you can't, that doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. And mum would always back me up and she'd be like, come on, you know, she's already worried about it. And dad would kind of be like, no, okay, well, (laughs) I don't know how to help. My partner's a bit the same. He's a bit like, okay, well, it'll be right. And I'm like, but it's not going to be okay. Like I'm already worried about it. And so I say it's blunt feedback in a way it is, because I think what it makes you do sometimes is it makes you feel a bit like, oh, is what I'm worrying about not worthy of worrying about? And then you start to overthink your own thoughts. But then I've also had a male boss whose feedback was very harsh. And when I say very harsh, what I mean is there was never any basis for them giving the feedback that they needed to give. And I've sort of only learnt that since Mm. I've moved on from this place. And when I say that, I mean, we would get told things, I'm not even going to call it feedback, we would get told things that were irrelevant to the job we were doing, that didn't really add anything or take anything away from the job that we were doing and were only told them, again, something I can see in hindsight, was because they just felt the need to exert some sort of power or authority. So they would come in thinking they knew about what we were doing and say, oh, you should do this or you need to do this or don't do this, when it didn't really actually make sense to the to the, <laughs> yeah. to the role. You know what I mean? Mm. And that was feedback where I just went why can't you just say good job? The only role of that feedback was to undermine your ability. And again, something I've learned with hindsight, even at the time after it kept happening, I just sort of went, my goodness, I'm not going to take this on board anymore. It has no relevance. And in fact, I'm more qualified than that person is. You know what I mean? And that's sort of to the stage where I got to. But that to me, in terms of feedback, was harsh and uncalled for and irrelevant. Mm. And I couldn't understand why I was getting given it from a male Until I kind of thought, hmm, well, not so much that they're a male, but they're in a position where they're supposed to be in some sort of management Mm. and it feels like they're just trying to exert authority. I worked in a place in the UK where we had a monthly feedback session and I had to come in prepped with things that I'd done wrong that I wanted to improve. Mm. I came to not just dread, but the night beforehand I was so filled with anxiety I wanted to be sick Yeah. because these sessions, there was no good in it for me. Yeah. Okay. Never. So I had to come in with the things that I'd fixed from last time, my new list of things that I was going to have to fix for next time, and then they'd add in other things oh, that I possibly God. hadn't seen. So it was a manifestation of three yucks. Yeah. And often at the end, they would do that whole, you're doing a good job. But that meant nothing because the whole feedback session was the negative. Was negative. Mm, that's harsh. So yes, they probably thought that, oh, here, you know, I've sugarcoated at the end and said, you are doing a good job here, but it didn't feel like that. And I left the job because I could not stand this, to me, onslaught of negativity. Anyway, on the other side of things, In this age of social media where if we've done something good or achieved something great, we'll put it out onto Instagram or Facebook, whatever channel we choose to use, I had an interesting situation where a friend achieved a goal that I'm going to be really honest and say I wish I had achieved. Mm -hmm. Put it out there and I look at it immediately and there's a little tinge of green-eyed jealousy jealousy. that goes to it. And I wanted to like the post and move on because then at least you've acknowledged that they've done this thing. 
But I really sat back and I thought, if it was me who'd achieved this, and that was the other situation, and this is what I'm trying to do in my feedback, what would I want? I'd like a message of support. So I wrote them a message just saying, congratulations, that is so cool. What a great achievement. I'm, and I don't think I put I'm envious, but something along that line. Mm-hmm. And I got back a beautiful thank you message. God, I can't believe I'm getting emotional over this, but it was hard to do mm. because it's something I had wanted, well, I, I want for myself, but it mattered to them. Yeah. It was more than just a thank you. And I felt like going forward in terms of feedback that – is what we don't get enough of, that appreciation. And it's really nice because social media is everywhere and we're always trying to sell ourselves as best we can. And because of the saturation of it, I don't think for a lot of people just sending a like and saying in acknowledgement to someone else's achievements is enough. But it is still really important to us as human beings in terms of our relationships, our work, doing good things in life, all of that, that we get more than just a like on a post. It is really nice to get some affirmation that what you're doing, someone else has gone, that's amazing. That's cool. You know, you're doing a great job. What about you with regard to your friends' achievements or even in your workplace or something like that? How would you tell someone they were? I've got a friend who I really look up to in terms of their work achievements and their career goals. And they sort of say to me, oh, it's nothing major, it's nothing big, I'm still learning and I'm definitely nowhere near my goals yet and I'm definitely nowhere near where I want to be. But I look at them and I think where you are now is exactly where I want to be and I don't know how to get there. And they said to me the other day, when it came to feedback that they used to receive and that they used to give, they said to me, the key for this person in getting where they wanted to be or getting to where they are now, which is where I would love to be, even though their goals are higher than that. And so the key for them getting to where they want to be at the end of the day is curating what feedback they actually take on board. Mm. And I think that's really hard because, I mean, as you just said, particularly with the saturation of social media, you're always seeing stuff. You're always getting messages. You're always thinking about what you can say to other people. And sometimes I think... If I see something that I'm really happy about for somebody else, I'll of course say something. If I see something and I'm and I don't necessarily think it's a good thing or not so much a jealousy, but if I don't think that it's gonna add anything by giving my piece to say congratulations, I think about what she said about curating the feedback and think, well, if that person was to get my congratulations, would it actually mean anything to them? Mm. And it's a totally different way of looking at it, and it's almost a, a harsher way of looking at it, but if I'm going to write a congratulations message and all I'm going to get back is, oh, thanks, then they haven't really taken on board my feedback. Does that make sense? It does, or just a thumbs up. That's, I mean, equally likely, not even a thanks. Yeah. And I took what she said on board about the curating feedback in the people will say things to you and it will make you upset. Don't worry about all of it. Just take on the things that you really think are valid and important and look at a pattern. If you can see someone saying this needs to change and someone else says that same thing needs to change and then you know to work on that. Whereas if someone says that was great, someone else says it was terrible, someone else says it was good, figure out the pattern, figure out where the most feedback is coming from and try to follow that because there's always going to be someone who can have a negative spin on something. Mm. So take as much of the similar kind of feedback as you can 
line and know that you're either doing a good job or that's the area for change. And so I think you really can apply that to your feedback when you're giving it to somebody else as well. Is this person going to really appreciate what I have to say or is it just going to be a like, a thumbs up and not even a response? Mm, That's genuinely really valuable advice and I appreciate that from your friend passing that on too. In that you do it subconsciously too. There's people in your life who you just send the thumbs up or like the post and you don't even think about how your lack of response or whatever it is impacts them. Yeah, but in this particular situation, I did know that this was a really big deal. Hmm. Did they know it was a big deal for you as well, though? Did they know that that was within your goals? Mm. Because I'm sure they would have appreciated it a thousand times more knowing that this is also something that you see for you. I I think that's fair Mm -hmm. to say. I think yes, and not in any way, shape or form have I been impacted by them getting that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's different trajectory, different areas, et cetera. So what they got was not on my radar. Yeah. But still, you know how it's bizarrely hard to write the congratulations note that they deserved. How do you go giving feedback when you've been in a situation that someone else is now going through? So you have first-hand experience with what their situation is. I've discovered, and this is definitely an age thing, that you can give advice as much as you want, but until that person has fully walked in your shoes, Mm. often they won't appreciate it until with the benefit of hindsight. Mm. And it's so funny how much my mother's words and my mother's-in-law's words resonate with me that you won't understand these things until you've been through them, like with motherhood, et cetera, et cetera. You can tell people these stories, but until you've gone through the sleep deprivation of being a new mother and the impact that has on your relationship, they're just words. Mm. And there's been quite a few things that of recent times, like when I left school, I went to uni and I was going to train to become a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And I did that because I'm still really very interested in that. But I'm so glad I actually didn't become a psychologist at that age because I think that without any life experience of some of these things that people were talking to me, I would have been giving advice but without any fundamental basis in understanding. It's really funny on that point that you say that I have a friend who wanted to study psychology and started studying at a university as well. And in one of their first lectures, they were told, you will not be a successful psychologist until you are a female who's late 40s, early 50s, who's either married or has been divorced and who has kids. Because no psychologist can give you advice on things unless they've been through all of these major life milestones stones. Because if you have a mum going in and sitting down with a 24-year-old who's having PTSD or postnatal depression or is going through a marriage breakup or something like that, how can a 24, 25-year-old sit in front of you and give you advice on that when they have no idea what it's like? The same goes for relationships. And this is a really big one. With a relationship breakdown, with a relationship breakdown that perhaps has connections in domestic violence, in other things like this, I can listen and I can support, but I can never really understand. Mm. Mm. And in many ways, that's coming back full circle in our conversation. We are talking off air about just sitting in silence. Sometimes all you can do in that situation is rather than having to offer advice, Mm. 
and we want to offer advice, it's like a gap filler in a conversation, sometimes it's just good to shut the hell up and listen and that's all that you can do. I went through a health situation about four or so years ago and recently somebody that I know posted on social media that they were going through something similar at the moment And I don't know how similar, from the sounds of things, it wasn't quite the same, but it could potentially have been leading in that direction. And I sent them a little message to say, I've been through it. I know what it's like 100%. If you need anything, please touch base. And I wrote that because I actually do know exactly what it's like and have been through exactly what she was going through, if not possibly more than that. And I thought about it afterwards and the response was just a thank you. And I sort of thought about it afterwards and I thought, was it really relevant or necessary for me to say that, for me to bring myself into it and say, I know what it's like? And as I said, I didn't say, oh, I know what you're going through. I said, I know what you're going through. So if you need anything, reach out. I was trying to say it in a I can actually provide help and support if you need it because I have lived experience. But I looked at it again and I sort of thought, I wonder if that has come across as a look at this person trying to make it about them. Oh my goodness, Kirsty, this is really funny. And this ties back into so many of our previous episodes. I just feel like because she's in the midst of it right now, the message will hit her at some point and she'll probably contact you. But I wonder if you, going back four years ago, had got that message from someone else. You're dealing with so many other things at the moment. She's acknowledged it, but she's not ready yet. Well, this is the interesting thing. And again, speaking in code, it's hard to articulate the full extent of the situation without going into too much detail, which I won't do at the moment. But I don't think she's gotten to that stage. I think things have been okay. And so she hasn't had to go through quite what I had to go through when I was going through a similar thing. I think my situation was worse, if that makes sense. And so I think that's why she hasn't maybe reached out or whatever, because it hasn't got to the same stage that I could give her more advice and help on. You said if I was four years ago, if if someone said that to me, I would 100% have been on that phone straight away being, Mm. tell me, how did you cope with it? How did you get through it? What's this? What does this do? What's this like? How did it affect you? Because, and again, as I said, it may be that this situation, I sort of haven't followed up. And by the looks of things, it's all okay. But I would have 100% been going, oh my goodness, tell me everything, help me. Whereas, and the reason why I responded my way is that you were proactive on it, whereas I was inactive. And I have a story that I think will probably put this into context. When my brother died, we had this woman come around to my parents' house as we were preparing the funeral. And she came in the door and she was someone who my mother knew lightly, not hugely. And she came and she went, I lost my son. I totally understand how you're feeling, the grief, the pain and how you're not going to be able to. And the whole story, and she's like, I will be here for you every minute of every day. I'll be here for you. And she freaked the hell out of me. Mm, and totally get that she was living through the same experience as my parents, but she scared the bejesus out of me, right? And I don't know if it was conscious or no, I wasn't dealing with grief at the time. Anyway, with my own grief over that situation, I fell pregnant immediately. I had so many things going on in my world for the next five years, let's say. And the catalyst for me realising that I had not in any way, shape or form dealt with my grief issues over losing my brother was a friend's daughter dying. And I fell apart and Mm. it was totally unrelated. But if you'd 
contacted me via social media at the time when my brother died and said, my brother died too, call me and let's talk about it. I would have yeah. said thanks and I would have disregarded it. Yeah, sure. Because I was not ready. Ready, sure. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. We process at different points and the hard thing with dealing with issues and getting feedback is that sometimes the feedback that you need, you're not ready to receive at the time yeah. and you get at a later date. And sometimes also the feedback that you need isn't there. So many people give up on things because they mm. receive feedback that's not justified to the means. It deeply impresses me actually that you at that time would have been straight on the phone because I as a person need to process and sometimes I miss the boat in terms of grabbing that opportunity at the right time. Mm. I'm not sure. I think the situation for me was I was very uninformed because it happened all so quickly mm. and with something like this, it wasn't somebody had died. It was something that was going on with me. And I just was so ignorant. Like I didn't know anything about this particular health concern and this health issue. And I think that more for me, it was like an education. It was like, right, if I know someone else who's gone through this, then I know I'm not the only one, or I know that they're still alive and everything's okay. Or I think maybe it was more that. I never dealt with grief over it because things were okay. And it was very much more like, right, now we have to do this. And now we have to do this. And now we have to do this. And then this is going to be life for the next however many years. And it was much more kind of like just one step after the other. So maybe the grief element is the main reason as to why your situation was different because it was that emotion that you weren't ready to deal with. But with life-threatening illnesses too, I do find, I have found from my own experience that people either don't want to share of it and really want to keep it a private thing, mm. which I wonder if that's going to be me. But I also found my mother-in-law had breast cancer and Every step of the journey she walked us through. Yeah. And I found that confrontational, but good confrontational because that was how she was anyway, because I was really struck with that thought of, again, of not knowing whether or not I'd be that same person myself. Yeah. Like I'd feel kind of ashamed. There you go. There's an honest word on it of so bluntly sharing with us the evolution of her cancer journey as she did. Mm. But on the other hand, I come into this now and I've really walked a mile with someone who went through the breast cancer journey from start to end and yeah. what happened. Yeah. It's really interesting you use the word ashamed because you should never associate that with things that are completely out of your control, particularly when it comes to health concerns and things like that. But this also comes back to what you were just saying about sending your friend the feedback and just getting a thank you and wondering whether or not you thought you were just looking like I've been there, I've done that and I understand. Yes. And that's why I'm sort of afraid to do it because do people want to know that I'm sick? I'm saying it out loud because these are things in me that I'd find hard to share. Yeah. And again, I think it depends on the context in which the situation has been publicly published or whatever, for example, if it is on social media or if it's something more private, if it's something more. And with this particular person, it was public on social media and I'm sure there's other people, including myself, wondering what's going on now because the other stuff that you see is things seem pretty back to normal and okay, but is it really? Social media can mean anything, yeah. can't it? But again, whereas for me at the time, there was not a chance was I ever putting anything on social media ever, mm. not for months and months and months later. This has been a Interesting insight to feedback from so many different angles and so and many I, different ways. Can I just add as well, before we wrap up too, from my point of view, feedback is great providing that it's constructive. 
Mm. If you are going to give somebody feedback that's negative and that's not well thought through, don't give it. Think of a way to actually make it constructive for that person because otherwise you don't know what impact that could have on them as well. What I also got out of your talk on it is that it has to be relevant to the actual situation that you're standing in right now. Why come in with feedback that's got nothing to do with that moment or what you're doing or whatever? There's no benefit to it. Yeah. I think for me, and in this age where we're worried about coddling our children and whatever, but I think that positive feedback, always being able to put something positive in whatever feedback you're giving is so important to a person's state of mind and mental health, et cetera. Yeah. And I suppose that's the biggest thing that I would say going forward. Yeah. And everybody always says no news is good news. If you're not hearing any feedback, then you're clearly not doing anything wrong. And I agree with that. And I know that the industry that I work in is very much no news is good news, but sometimes it cannot hurt to give good feedback. I agree. Thanks, Kirsty. Thanks, Jen. That wraps up another episode of 2040, a podcast celebrating friendship across generations. You can contact Kirsty or I via our 20-40 Facebook page or email 20-40 that's all written at gmail.com we'd love your feedback thoughts questions and ideas for future podcasts thank you for listening